What's going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got Dan and Kev coming at you. What's going on, Dan? What's up, Kev? How's everybody doing out there? What's going on, everyone? So uh, today's podcast, we are going to get into uh, basically some guys we are avoiding in drafts. I mean, it's you know, kind of beating a dead horse, I think, with some of these guys because we've talked about, we went through the divisions and kind of gave you our takes on them, but... Uh, we're just going to talk about them individually right now. Uh, uh, but first, uh, we want to remind you to check us out on the website at www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com. Uh, go on there. We got rankings. We have um, articles weekly. We have the cheat codes, which is a great visual, uh, you know, showing uh, usage percentages for each player. Uh, just different ways each team runs their offense. It's a really great tool. Um, you know, if you're looking at trying to discern between two, two different players, you can see how much their team is using them. It's a great visual to, to really show you how, how much each player means to their team. So, um, you know, check those out. And then, of course, we have a uh, player profile PDF packet, which we'll be give, uh, selling for $10. And it comes with a tiered-out draft guideline uh, that basically, you know, gives you everything you need to be successful in your drafts. Uh, so look for all those, you know, on the website. It's 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 a great tool uh, to get you guys ready at, for the season and then maintain your success and win some championships during the season. Uh, I don't think there was any news that we really need to get into beforehand. I mean, we discussed Raheem Mostert the other day. I guess I'll ask you what your feelings are on Raheem Mostert uh, requesting a trade. Yeah, a little, su- little surprised. Came came a little, definitely shocked me a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I, I, obviously I listened to the podcast on my drives home, and uh, you know, I know you guys threw out a couple different teams about him. <sighs> I mean, I, I would really see Washington maybe as a team, as a potential. They have a lot of question marks right now, and I know that they – I mean, I know that they're they're still going to try to compete. You know, they don't know what they have in Haskins. They're going to find out. They know they have McLaurin, who, you know, was one of the best young rookies last year. So I, I could see them making a push at him. I definitely don't see like a Miami or anybody like that. You know, I, I think he's if he's going to – if he's going to go somewhere, he's going to want to go somewhere where he is the man. And, you know, there's just a lot of question marks in Washington with injury related and obviously AP's age. So I could see something like that. I don't know if he would actually really like that all that much, but. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we well, that's basically what we were saying. I mean, uh, there really isn't anywhere to for him to go at this point. Like everybody pretty much has their running back set. I mean, there's different teams he could go to and be, you know, a secondary guy, but he's not going anywhere and being a number one running back. And if you're not going to be a number one running back anywhere, you're certainly not going to get paid like a number one running back. So I don't know what, what he really, like, I understand what he's doing. He's trying to get his money because he's never, he's been in the league for six, seven years. The guy has been on like 12 different teams, but like, and, and that's exaggeration, but I'm just saying. Uh, he's, try, but, he's trying to ca- he's trying to cash in on his, yeah, his late season success last year. Exactly, you know? he's just trying he to great, cash in. Great success in per- postseason Super Bowl, he was good. So he's just trying to take advantage while it's while you know he's, he's fresh in people's minds and 
but yeah, like you said, I mean, to me, he's just, he's a, he's a, he's a good fit in, in, in San Fran. I don't, you know, I mean, he's not going to go anywhere and get a bigger role. That's a team that absolutely loves to run the ball on the ground. I don't know. It really, that's what I'm saying. It blindsided me. I really didn't see it. Come. I don't let most people probably didn't see it coming. It was very odd. No, I didn't. And and to be honest, I mean, I, I he does deserve a pay raise. Like he's going to be the starter and, Tevin Coleman and Derek and Jarek McKinnon are both making more money than he is. So, but at the same time, you got to know, I guess you just got to know when, when to make that push. And I don't think right now was the time to do it. If you were uh, Raheem Mostert. All right. So let's get into these players that we're avoiding. Uh, we'll just go back and forth and, and state our guys. So um, why don't you go first? I will start a running back. Uh, We've talked about him a lot, you know, Kenyon Drake. I'm just, I know you're going to get into a couple Cardinals. It's going to hurt my soul, but I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm super high on the, just the, the offense and the passing attack, but I just do not like where Drake's going. I mean, he's just, he's staying consistently as that, as that running back one. And he hasn't, I mean, we've talked about it too so much. He hasn't proven to, to be able to handle this kind of workload. I mean, if you're a running back one, you're basically in that, 1200 yard range you know a little more all-purpose probably 10 touchdowns minimum i mean that you're you're really you know you're having a really good season and he's one of those guys where i'm not saying that he cannot do it like i'll talk about a couple guys a little bit later that i think that there's no chance that they're that they're finishing where they're where they're being drafted at but he is a guy that you know he with this offense that i'm very very high on that i think he can finish as a running back one but there's just so many names around him that I am much more comfortable with. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm with you on that. I mean, we've we've talked about that, and uh, you know, I, he's going like mid, to early to mid second round. Some people are taking him in the first round, and yeah, there's guys that I like a whole lot more. Uh, like I said, I, I we've never seen Kenyon Drake carry the load, carry a load, you know, and you know. Chase Edmonds did very good last year when he was healthy. So to me, I, like, I don't think that he's just going away. Like, I do think that, you know, they're going, I definitely think Kenyon Drake will be the guy or, or more so the guy, but I do think that, um, uh, Chase Edmonds is going to have a role that is going to, that, that people just aren't taking into account. So, um, yeah, you. So you brought up that I was going to bring in up a couple Cardinals. So I'm just going to I'm going to go into the whole team as a whole. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. For me, neither one of those guys, none of the none of the Arizona Cardinals top three are going to be on my team. And and this pretty much to re- relates to what I said last year about Cleveland. You know. The I just got to see. It. Yeah, it's the, it's the, like, I mean, the Cardinals. The Cardinals, I think, have a better chance of being more successful than the Browns, just because their offense, their, you know, their coach is predicated on offense and has more of an up-tempo system, which we've seen just put up stats, even if your team isn't good. But it's just one of those things where my big thing with Baker last year was I want to see him prove it. I got to see him prove it during a, you know, a, a full 16 week schedule. I got to see this team prove it. And it's the same thing with Arizona. I mean, they're not, ha- they don't have the hype of a super bowl, the way everybody was talking about with Cleveland, but it's just, I need to see them prove it first. I need to see a full season of success. And, you know, Kyler, 
was good last year, but he wasn't great. You know, I he made some good plays. He definitely turned my eye, you know, caught my eye a few times. But, you know, there's still some definitely some improvements that I think need to be made, and they're going to be running the ball more, you know, as we saw last season. And I talked about it the other day, you know, with – you know, my bold, a bold prediction that that could happen. So, uh, you know, for me, like none of these Cardinals are just going to wind up on my team until I see them prove that this is going to be more, you know, that this is a sustainable success. Yeah. I just think that I was just very, very pleased with what Kyler did with really not, a, not a whole lot of any kind of weapons at all. I mean, he's throwing to Larry Fitzgerald and, and we've been waiting for Andy and Isabel to bring, to come alive. And he really, you know, aside from one or two big plays, didn't do anything. So, I mean, they're guys that, you know, Christian Kirk and, and Isabella were, were all, you know, we're higher on them because of their draft position, obviously, than, you know, Hopkins being, you know, three to five range. Uh, I just think Hopkins opens it all up. I think another year, in Kingsbury system for Kyler, more comfortable. He's getting a top five receiver right now. I mean, I just think that this is just it just plays and he's just a composed kid. He's not a hothead kid like like a Baker is. He's composed. Um I don't think that I don't think that they I think Baker sometimes gets a little too big for him. And that's kind of why he we've seen such super, super highs and then really bad lows. And and not to mention that, you know, he is with other guys that have the same kind of uh, you know, short temper. And I just think that Kyler's just completely opposite. I don't think the moments get too big for him. I feel like he can, he, you know, he was built to handle it. Uh, he's got good guys around him. Like, I mean, Hopkins just doesn't make a lot of noise except touchdowns. <laughs> I just like the fit. I, I just think this is a team that I'm really high on. Um, you're right about one thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not wasting a super high pick on Kyler Murray or Hopkins. I mean, Hopkins is different because wide receiver, you know, top five wide receivers are going to go in the first round most of the time into the first round. Um, but, you know, aside from like in our league, I got Kyler late last year. So I'll probably, I'll be keeping him. So he'll be on my team again because we get three, you know, three keepers. So he's the only reason that I'm definitely going to have him on my, in our league together, Kev. But other than that, you know, my, in my other draft leagues, uh, he's going to go way too high for me, but, you know, I'd be rooting for him because it'll be on our, you know, on my team on our league. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. That's the other thing with it is like I got Kyler now ranked as my seven quarterback and I have Hopkins as my fifth receiver. And a lot of times Hopkins goes higher than the other four receivers. You know, um, Adams, he doesn't, he never goes before Thomas, but sometimes he'll go before Adams, he'll go before Julio, go before Tyreek Hill. I like all those guys before I take, you know, Hopkins just because it's a new system and this system hasn't, you know, uh, you know, hasn't uh, relied on a number one target. It's spread the, it's, you know, spread the ball around type of system. And the same thing with Kyler, like, you know, Kyler for me, like I love Russell Wilson this year and Kyler a lot of times goes before Russell. Um, I would probably take bet Dak before I took Kyler. I would take Watson before I took Kyler. And, you know, for me, Drew Brees is the guy that the main one, he winds up falling a lot of time. And I, I would rather have him even still this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those two guys are just, like I said, I don't think that they're, I think they're, I'm not saying they're going to suck and it's it's never going to happen, but, you know, like, because they have the ability to be very good, just like Cleveland last year going into the year had the ability to be very good, but 
I just want to see it first before I, I, you know, dedicate my fantasy team to it. All right. You want to throw out your next guy? Yeah, I'll, I'll give. I'm going to. This is a complete opposite from last year. Uh, Amari Cooper uh, and and with good with with very good. Um, you know, debate coming here with with my against myself here. So last year, loved, loved, loved Cooper. He was being drafted, you know, wide receiver one. I think like not high wide receiver one back end, but he was being drafted wide receiver one. And and I loved it because we didn't know. All we knew was that we saw a definite connection between him and Dak when he was traded halfway through the year two years ago. Uh, we saw big plays out of Cooper, and we knew that. You know, Zeke was possibly holding out. We didn't know what the status of Zeke was. I mean, but he, I that didn't really take that in consideration anyway. But we didn't, and we didn't know, you know, we just knew that Jason Witten was coming back. We didn't know if there's any other receivers that were, we didn't know what Michael Gallup was going to be. We didn't think he was going to have practically the same year as Cooper did. So I really liked Cooper last year. And this year he's a couple pegs down. I mean, I'm looking at it now and, you know, on fantasy football calculator, he's 13 in PPR. So they're basically saying that he's going to finish wide receiver one and there's no chance he finishes wide receiver one not a prayer this guy i mean he's going to give you some games he's probably going to end up i think he's going to end up in 15 to 20 range um i don't see him falling out of the top 20 but he could i mean it just really depends on how much work gallup gallup's going to get his and it's i mean the, the wild card is going to be cd lamb how much he's going to take away from the, both of those guys because i mean watched a lot of video on him and you know at camp now and i think he was working out down in florida or wherever and he uh man he's super quick he's gonna be he's gonna be electrifying and i think that him i think out of all the guys him and dak could find definite chemistry so i mean although i think all these guys will be i think cooper and and Gallup definitely are thousand yard receivers uh cd lamb you know probably not quite going to be there yet and you don't really have three thousand yard receivers on your team so and he's the young guy so he's probably not going to get as many targets but there's no way cooper finishes as a wide receiver one and i know you will 100 percent agree with me on that one kev (laughs) yep i'm not going to have any argument at all uh you know uh, I we me and you went back and forth on it last year, and my thing with Amari Cooper is he is just way too hit or uh, way too hit or miss, you know, way too hit or miss. Um, you know, his good games will catapult him to, you know, finish as a top, and it's kind of it's kind of frustrating because when you finish the season and and you look at these guys and. You know, you get Amari Cooper, and even last year, like, I'm going to throw Mike Evans in there, who was a guy I was high on last year, but Mike Evans just was very inconsistent. He just had a few really huge games that, you know, before he got hurt, I think he, him and him and Godwin were, like, two and four as the wide receivers. He was, like, number four. Godwin was just way more consistent. Mike Evans had, like, three games where he blew up and had crazy numbers, and it just catapulted his stats. But Amari Cooper is just that way. Like, he's been that way for years, and it's so hard. to. He, he's a glorified Deshaun Jackson. We, we've said that. I said that last year. Steve said that last year. Like, he's a glorified Deshaun Jackson. Like, he's a guy that, yes, he will, you know, he will – probably be more consistent catching the ball he'll get his five for 50s or four for 40s and then he'll have his nine for 212 and two and three touchdowns and 
you know, that'll basically be, you know, 10% or 15% of his production for the whole year. So, you know, in one game and that catapults his, his, his finish to an area where, you know, people just continue to draft him high and it's, Ain't doing nothing but hurting you and helping other fantasy teams because people who drafted Amari, you drafted Amari Cooper late last year. I, you know, we've had this discussion. You were not happy with that draft pick. No, he won. Despite where he finished, despite where he finished, he probably won you two games and he lost you like three or four or five. So, yes, he was. He was not a asset to a team. Nope. All right. So my next guy that I'm going to toss out there is. Kind of related to the guys I was just referring to earlier, and that's Odell Beckham. Uh, Odell Beckham right now, he goes in that same area as, you know, some of these other guys. He's going to the end of the third round. You know, I understand the argument people are making that last year he was not healthy and, you know, the big if. It's the same thing as last year, the big if. If him and Baker catch fire you know, he can be a top five receiver. He's got the talent. Yeah, I agree, he does. But guess what? Baker looked horrible last year. This is a team that's going to be running the ball a ton more. Jarvis Landry is still going to get a ton of targets here. And, you know, for me, like, to be drafting this guy, you know, that high, knowing that what last year was and knowing that the last two seasons, like, like, Two years ago, he did not finish the season. He he basically bailed on the Giants for the last four games. Last year, he was injured the whole season and, you know, was never really good. And back, you know, this year he comes back and he's a third-round pick. There's just way too many receivers I, I like in that area. And, you know, Cooper Cup, you know, DJ Moore, who, you know, we'll get into probably a little bit more. Um you know, Calvin Ridley, uh, like I'd rather have all these guys, Robert Woods. They're just more consistent guys. And I understand, you know, you want to take the shot on Odell Beckham to be that breakout candidate or not even breakout, but just, you know, get back to that level of success where he was at a few years ago. And until I see him do it with this team, with Baker Mayfield, I'm not going to draft on that high. I'd rather go with an option that I feel like is is more consistent, especially in that third round where it's really crucial that you make a good pick. Those those you know those those first four rounds are very crucial to your team, like and you don't want to be missing on players in that area. And you know if you're drafting Odell Beckham in the third round, you have an opportunity for a miss. And he showed that last year. Yeah, he was not. Uh, he was not the Odell that we've seen before. I'm a little higher on Odell. I'm not. I'm. I'm not in love with the draft spot. I. I actually thought with the season that he had that, you know, he should be ranked more in the 15 to 20 range. You know, 16, 17. But, you know, he's getting a lot of credit in that like 11 range because of his name and because of his upside. He's always going to. I mean, this is a guy that, for a lot of years there in New York, he was being drafted as one of the top three wide receivers. I mean, he wasn't, I'm not even going to say five. He was one of the top three wide receivers year in, year out. So, I mean, for him to be 11 is just bananas. But the fact that, you know, I mean, I think he could be a lot lower because we just didn't see, I mean, he barely cracked a thousand yards last year. He didn't have really any touchdowns. I know Jarvis had, you know, a handful more touchdowns than he did. Um, He just, yeah, he was not the Odell Beckham. 
And, you know, with my, I agree with you, Kevin. I mean, I do think that he does have upside, but he is Odell Beckham. This guy can, he can have a monster year at any point. You know, he just needs to, you know, get on the same page with, with uh, Baker. But with my number 11 receiver, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I like guys definitely better than I think are going to have better years. I don't think Beckham's, I don't think Beckham's going to have, you know, another thousand yard, maybe, you know, whatever he had four touchdowns. I think he, you know, he will probably be more in that 1300 and seven touchdowns, but I don't think he's going to be 15 and 10, like the old Odell Beckham we were used to seeing. All right. All right, Dan, go ahead and get into your next guy. All right. This guy is probably the biggest (laughs) worst position spot in all of, you know, all of, ADPs and it's Austin Eckler. I'm not going to talk about him too much. We've talked about him so much. I just, even on Facebook, when I'm seeing people in the groups and they're just, you know, they're talking about him. What do you think of us Eckler? You know, where they're showing their team and I see like where they drafted him. I'm just, I always chime in. I'm like, why? And then I make a case and they're like, Oh wow. You mean I could, you know, I just saw where he, you know, where he finished last year. So I figured, you know, he's a good, these are, these are people that just don't, you know, don't look at the tape. They don't look at, you know, the fact that this guy only had like 600 rushing yards last year and he's being drafted as a, the number 12 overall running back. And now he's in a system where he's not going to get nearly as many targets. I mean, he's going to get 75 percent of the targets that he got last year. He got a, just an, a ridiculous amount because we all know that, you know, Philip Rivers is checked down Charlie. So Tyra Taylor is not Tyra Taylor will not check down. He will take off. So it's, it's a completely different system with a different quarterback. I know he's the guy. He's still a small guy. I don't, you know, I don't think he's going to, I, I think he's going to get outworked as far as, as far as running, you know, as far as running the ball goes, he's still going to get his third down. He's going to get his targets. He, I, if he has 600, 700 receiving yards, I would not be surprised, but with the amount of, you know, I don't think he's going to get a ton of touchdowns like he had last year. And I definitely don't, you know, I think he could get another five, 600 rushing yards. So, I mean, if you're barely cracking a thousand yards, you know, all purpose and you're only getting, I'm going to say seven touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's 15 to 20. That's not number 12 where he's at. So, and honestly, I think that he could finish, you know, low end running back too. I think he's going to be disappointing a lot of people. I mean, just in his area, you got right above him, you got Miles Sanders, you got Josh Jacobs. I think both of those guys wiped the floor with him this year. Uh, below him, you got Aaron Jones. You got CEH. We've talked about it. He was another guy I could have brought up. I'm not going to talk about him enough. We've we've had him on our – we've all had him on our list of guys that is just being drafted way too high as well. Um, so I'll cancel him out. But below, you got Aaron Jones, you got Todd Gurley, and I'm taking both of them guys way above Eckler. And, and I mean, honestly, and anybody's listening, just if Aaron Jones, if people are skipping on Aaron Jones and they're picking guys like Eckler and CEH, do yourself a favor and scoop up Aaron Jones because this guy is, you know, he's a wide receiver one and he's being drafted right outside there. So, yep. Um, you know, we we've talked about Eckler plenty. Uh, Eckler had. 92 catches on 108 targets last year 108 targets was more than double his amount of targets that he had in any other point in his career 92 catches was almost triple <laughs> the, the the catches he had at any other time in his career and with tyrod taylor you're definitely not going to see that much check down he will get more carries he will get more uh 
you know, probably more rushing yards and, you know, maybe more rushing touchdowns. But, you know, you're dealing with a guy who caught he caught eight touchdown passes. That's not going to be the case this year. He's not catching eight touchdown passes. He didn't. He's not scoring 11 touchdowns. So, you know, for me, yeah, I, I'm with you, Dan, uh, on Austin Eckler. CEH, um, I'll bring him up then. Uh, we've talked about it enough. The dude is getting way too much, you know, way too much hype for a guy who, to me, like, Damian Williams is clearly going to be the guy. We've even heard their running backs coach pump him up and say, you know, we expect him to be, um, you know, used more, you know, expect him to take a leap forward. I think it, it was what, what they said. Um, so... You know, just just clearly off the strength of Damian Williams being a guy who's going to uh, probably start off as the lead back, I won't be taking CEH. Right now in PPR leagues, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, he's still going at the back end of round two. There's no way I'm taking that guy at the back end of round two. If he, like I need to know he's going to be the guy full go all year round. We don't know that. You know, unless unless like they come out and say that Ceh is their guy, like Damian Williams is going to start this this team as this you know this year as the starter. And I don't think he lo- I don't think he loses the starting job either. He's he's a good he's a good running back. He's, I mean, he's he definitely he's a he's a great run. He's a I don't want to say great. He's a very solid running back and. He's very good in this system. He's proven it when he's healthy. He's he's a he's a great he's a very good player, and yeah, I, like I said, you know, Ceh, you know, this year I don't think he's going to. They're going to work him in. They're probably going to let him learn the this season. You know, uh, no way am I taking Ceh in round two. Uh, another guy I'll just get into really quick is Leonard Fournette. This one probably actually won't be quick, but Leonard Fournette last year was so PPR driven that it boosted his spot in finish between standard and PPR leagues. It boosted his spot like eight spots. He was like number 13. The number went from like 13 to five because he caught so many passes. That's not going to be the case here this year with Chris Thompson there. Uh, Chris Thompson's clearly going to be a receiving back. Uh, he does have an injury, an injury issue. So there is, there could be times where, you know, Thompson is hurt and out, but even in those times, I think they're going to use rock, Rockwell Armstead more. Um, you know, John Gruden or Jay Gruden has used a receiving back throughout his whole time in, uh, Washington. So I, I just, last year, Leonard Fournette had, had, you know, more catches, twice as many catches as he's had in, at any given point in his career. Um, more, way more targets than he had at any given point in his career. Uh, his rushing yards, you know, they're, they're going to want to see what they have in, um, uh, Gardner Minshew. So they're going to let Gardner kind of take the reins. I do think, you know, I don't think they're necessarily trying to win football games, so to speak. Like, I do think they're in that tanking area where, you know, if Gardner's not the guy, they're going to try and get that number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence. I definitely see them as that team. So, you know, just looking at what he did last year, you know, 
yes, he had two hundred. He had eleven hundred and fifty-two yards rushing, but only had three touchdowns. He had seventy-six catches. If you knock down thirty-eight points, which is takes knocks his catches down in half, you're almost dropping him down to you're dropping him down to you know number twelve. Okay, that's number 12 running back. And that's assuming that he's going to keep the same production he did on the ground as last year. Uh, for you know, for me, Leonard Fournette's just not a guy that I'm ever drafting. Uh, I have him behind James Conner, Melvin Gordon, uh, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and Mark Ingram. All guys that usually he gets drafted before. And yeah, for me, Leonard Fournette just won't be on any of my teams. Yeah, I'm... I'm- He's at number 16 right now, and I actually think that's perfect. Uh, I was super high on him last year. He had he had himself an excellent season. I mean, the only thing that his downfall from you know not finishing, you know, super high was the was the touchdowns. You know, he was very uh, he just didn't get any touchdowns. We talked about that a lot last year. Like, why is this guy? He's he's a he's a big, strong running back, and we just you know we're used to seeing him two years ago, three years ago. You know, put the ball in the end zone, and he just didn't last year, and that's what that's what held him back from really finishing out a awesome year. Um, so I think that, you know, knocked him down a little bit as far as, you know, and, and the Armstead thing. I mean, they want to definitely, they're definitely going to be, be playing a lot of Armstead too. So I don't think that Fournette is going to be the workhorse that he was over the last couple of years, but he's still going to be the guy. I mean, there's no way that it's a, uh, that it's any kind of committee I, that I think, I think he's still going to, I mean, Thompson doesn't stay on the field enough when he's out there. He's the third down back for sure. Cause he is, you know, your James Conner type type player, but he just, he's never ever out there. And I think Fournette showed enough that he can catch the ball when given the opportunity. That was one of the knocks on him, you know, before last year, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of targets, didn't get a whole lot of catches. And then last year he ended up just catching everything you threw at him. So, um, I'm not low on Fournette. I'm not high on Fournette. He's just a guy that if he's if he's in a spot that I like him, I'm, I'm going to scoop him up. All right. Uh, why don't you go ahead and throw out a couple guys? All right. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with two Titans, and I know I've haven't been high on the Titans this year, and I just think that their their run was magical, and it was a lot of it had to do with the defense, even though the offense was scoring. Their fair share of points. I mean, they had shootouts with teams, you know, and and what we saw from Tannehill was was impressive. I just don't think it's 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 going to happen again. Um, I think they just gave Henry so much work. So I'm going to say Derrick Henry first. You know, he's being drafted as the fifth running back. I don't think he's going to finish the top five. I think he's just going to get it. Just, it just he had so much. I mean, you you and Steve had the bet last year about how much how many carries he would have or to, or touches he had. And Steve won that because he said he, he called it. He said he was going to have, you know, what, 300 touches. And and then he had, you know, just a, just a smidge over. Uh, so I'm just not super high on Henry. I do like him still as a, obviously, you know, a running back one because he's he's a beast. But I don't like him as a top five. I, I, I like, you know, I like Elliott more than him. I like Chubb more than him. I like, you know, Mixon more than him. So I do like a bunch of guys a little bit more than Henry. Uh, as far as receivers, um, A.J. Brown, I think. Had a very, very good season, uh, but he had another thing, another thing we talked about, you know, is is it are we going to see an A.J. Brown that, you know, is going he's going to have to be more productive, meaning that he's not going to he's not going to be ripping off 50, 60 yard touchdown runs every week like he did last year. I mean, that was just that was like an aberration. It's not it's it's not going to happen again. Ryan Tannehill has has a very good arm. 
but we've seen Ryan Tannehill be a mediocre quarterback before. And I think that although he's probably got some confidence to be above average now, and I think he will have a decent season. Uh, I just don't, I don't think he's going to have a great season. I talked about that. And I think that, you know, AJ Brown is going to suffer because of that. And I just like a lot of guys in AJ Brown's areas more than him. He's just, he doesn't really do it for me. All right. Yeah. AJ Brown's usually not a guy that I draft either. Uh, the reason, my reason is dude just had so many long touchdowns last year. You know, yeah. I just, for, uh, so many it's not, long, it's not repeatable. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, it seemed like every time he caught a pass, he was taking it to the house. And, yeah, he's just not going to be able to do that again. Do I think his work will get more? Because, obviously, he like if you look at his stats and you look at the game logs and just watch the tape, he was not – he didn't really come in for, like, the first six or seven weeks. Like, he was not even used at all. So, like, his his stats will definitely improve, but – Man, like, I just don't see him breaking all those long touchdowns the way he did last year. I mean, it, it, it's, it's very hard to repeat that kind of production, especially when teams have their eye on you, know that you're going to be the number one guy, and they're going to be, you know, targeting you, essentially. You know, they're going to be looking at you as a guy that is going to be the number one on his team, and he's probably going to see more double teams this year than he saw last year, and, you know, Will he be able to beat that? We'll be. We'll have to wait and see. You know. Yep. Uh. All right. So I'm gonna. I'll be the first one to throw a tight end out there, and my tight end is Gronk. I don't really gotta get into Gronk. I talked about him enough the other day on the on the the prediction show. I. This dude, like, he just wasn't good two years ago when in his la- the last year he played. He took a year off from football, which is n- has not proven to be successful for anyone. Uh, he's he's had lost weight. He's now had to gain weight back, you know, for me. And, and on top of that, th- this offense just does not use the tight end. It was my argument last year against O.J. O- Howard uh, when Steve would bring up O.J. Howard. Like, Bruce Arians doesn't use the tight end. He's going to be so touchdown dependent that you're never going to know when to start him. And to be drafting him, you know, as the sixth tight end in the sixth round, to me is just you're, you're reaching at that point because you're basically – you know, you're basically hoping he scores double-digit touchdowns because he's not going to be able to produce on that level with yards. He's 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 just not. He was he finished as the number 11 tight end three years ago or you know two years ago uh, in his last season playing, and you know with the quote-unquote improvement at tight end where a lot of people think it's a little deeper. You know, I mean. If that's going to be the case, it's just going to be harder and harder for him to get to that that number six tight end spot. So for me, like Gronk is a guy that I'm totally avoiding in drafts. Yep. All right, you got a couple more. Yeah, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a quarterback out there, and it's someone that I was pretty. I, I toted him up a little bit. Not I wasn't I was super on board with him, but. I know you you this well, you're on one side of the fence and Steve's on the other and I was kind of in the middle there but the more I think about it the more I'm just not really loving Josh Allen in the, as a as a quarterback one um, as a as a QB one whoo yeah, yeah. that's really dropping yeah because I have him at he's eleven right I have now. him at eleven so yes I I've and I made the argument that I am not as high on Josh Allen as a lot of people but yeah. go ahead. 
I mean, I kind of, I, I think I had him in around nine, you know, Steve had him at seven or eight, you know, I was kind of nine, 10 ish range. Um, and I'm just looking like, I mean, you know, guys below him, Wentz, Stafford, I'm not going to say cam. I know they got cam right now at 14. That's just kind of like, cause of the new, you know, the new team and everything. But I mean, I just, Josh Allen is so dependent on running. And if he doesn't get those rushing touchdowns, he's not finishing as a, as a quarterback one this year. And, uh, I mean, how much more, I mean, they, they, they drafted a running back. They got Singletary. I mean, how much more of a beating are they going to put on this kid's body? I, it's just, there's too many question marks for me. I know he has a knack of finding the end zone. We saw that last year. I mean, he, he's a big guy, he's, you know, 250. He's way, way faster than a lot of guys. I mean, kind of like Cam, you know, how big Cam is. He's really, really fast for his size. He's able to find holes. So he does have a knack for running the ball. Uh, but overall, I mean, I, you know, I said that his rushing would be down and his, and his passing would go up. Um, but I just don't think he's going to throw for his, you know, he's not going to throw in the Carson Wentz or, or even Matt Stafford range. I don't think, I, I think those guys are going to, without a doubt, you know, outdo him. So yeah, I, I just don't know about, I don't know about Josh Allen. I'm not really, I'm not really feeling him as more. I look, you know, started going over my ranks and looking and, and, and evaluating got different guys and, you know, shuffling around. I just think he's very dependent on those uh, on those rushing touchdowns, and I just I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna come. I don't like having my quarterback unless it's gonna be you know Lamar Jackson or or Murray, being relying on rushing touchdowns. Yeah, there there isn't there is. Yeah, actually, I probably would have thrown him in there if I even noticed him. Uh, but I just I just knew Murray was going to be a quarterback that I you know threw out there. So, but. Yeah, Josh Allen's just definitely another one. So, you know, my thing is, I don't think they want him throwing as much. And I'm sorry, I don't think they want him running as much. And if that's going to be the case, I don't trust his arm. He he is not shown to be a, you know, a, a quarterback that can maintain solely off throwing the football. So, you know, that to me uh, probably is going to make him a guy that will not wind up on my team. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'll go ahead and throw another one out there real quick. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'm pretty much wrapped up on guys uh, that I had on my list. Yeah, I got one more. Yeah. And you'll you'll agree with it as well because another guy we talked about, and it's just, you know, basically it's just us being veteran fantasy football analysts and just knowing, you know, the way teams work and why we were so low on CH and the guys we were low on last year, you know, like – Montgomery when he was being way overdrafted and even Damian Williams when he was being way, you know, drafted way too high. We just evaluate them and we know that the systems that they're going in is not going to be just, you know, right out of the gates. And Jonathan Taylor is being drafted as a running back too. I mean, he's in the areas of Carson, Chris Carson and, and, and Le'Veon Bell. And I'm sorry, but you know, Frank Reich is not going to just say, Marlon Mack have a seat on the bench. I'm going to put this rookie in and he's going to take all the work. It's it's there's no way that's going to happen. We've seen Frank Reich you know, when he was in Philly be a when he was a offensive coordinator. He loved the committee. I mean, he liked switching things up, keeping guys fresh. I mean, he I mean, it, it's just it, it. I don't understand where this draft positioning is coming from. I mean, is the kid going to be good? Probably. Uh but Marlon Mack sure, surely ain't bad. It's kind of the same Damian Williams thing we just talked about not too long ago. And 
Uh, I mean, anybody that's drafting Jonathan Taylor as a running back too, I think is going to be extremely let down. Just like if you're drafting CEH as a high end running back too, you're going to be extremely let down. It's just, it's just one of those things where same thing happened with Damian Williams last year and people that owned him. You drafted him so high, you're you're looking for this guy to be on the field 75% of the time. And then, you know, with the Damian Williams thing, obviously towards the end of the season playoffs, he started to get a little more work because, you know, LaShawn McCoy started to break down. But you saw that, that Damian Williams, you know, he was drafted so high, but McCoy was getting some work in there and Thompson and, you know, the other Williams was getting, Darrell Williams was getting some work in there. I mean, they were, they were switching things up. And I think Indianapolis is going to do the same thing. I mean, if, if my wide, my running back too, it's got to be the guys around him. I mean, it's got to be your Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, even James Conner. I mean, Chris Carson. These are guys that you know they're getting, they're getting all the work. You know, spells here and there, but they're getting all the work. So, I mean, even David Montgomery is only two spots behind him. I take David Montgomery over Taylor seven days of the week, twice on Sundays. I definitely would too. And it's not. It's it's. It's just merely a thing of workload. Like you know that you're going like you're like I just said, your first four four round four rounds of picking are very crucial. Like you're you don't want to miss you know on those four rounds because that's like this those are the the centerpieces of your team. You got, you know, your first three four round picks. And picking, you know, CH Jonathan Taylor who are guys that you're hoping, you know, like, like you haven't even seen them play on a pro level and you're just hoping that they're going to be the guy in their offense when they never showed that and their their team already has a guy. And, yeah, to me, like, those rookies are very, very tough to, you know, very, very tr- tough to draft where they're going. Like, I, you know, if I was, t- if I'm taking a rookie running back at this point, it's probably gonna be deandre swift uh but even him like i think carry on could possibly start like the best cam Akers. i was gonna say cam Akers might have the easiest competition i'll say you yeah. know he's in a um, great set he's in a great system you know he's he's in a it, i don't think we're gonna see the same really you know we we talked about the rams and they came on their offense actually came on very very good last year you know uh Goff was throwing touchdowns, throwing good, you know, yards towards the end of the season. Gurley was putting the ball in the end zone twice every game at the end of the season. So they definitely found their rhythm. I don't know who those Rams were that, you know, had the the Super Bowl hangover, we'll call it, you know. But uh, Cam, for me, to me, Cam Akers is definitely in a good system. I think that, you know, it, it, he's going to get he's going to get the opportunity to be the guy. And I do have one last one. Keyshawn Vaughn, Keyshawn Vaughn, I've said it a hundred times over and over again. He is the Darrell Henderson of this draft. Like the guy that like there was, there's, there was no way last year. Darrell Henderson was just eating up all the, all this work that from, from Todd Gurley, he's a scat back. Keyshawn Vaughn is very similar. He was like more of a home run threat. You know, if you you watch him in college, he was more of like a home run threat. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I understand that's, you know, very good for Tom Brady offense. But 
Tom Brady and Bruce Arians never relied on rookies. You look at look at Nikhil Harry last year. Like they never really rely on rookies. Bruce Arians does not rely on rookies. Even David Johnson, who is much better of a player than Keyshawn Vaughn, David Johnson didn't start really getting working in his rookie year till like week nine. So like you're basically, you know, you're taking a guy in, in round seven in Keyshawn Vaughn who, you know, I mean to me. If you want me to be honest, I think Dario Gubawali is going to be their pass catching back. I don't even think it's going to be Keyshawn Vaughn. You know, uh, unless Keyshawn Vaughn shows some kind of spark and we hear that, like, there's no way that I'm putting that guy, I'm drafting that guy in the seventh round. That's way too high for a guy that, you know, they, they didn't spend a high draft capital. I think it was like a third round pick. And he's more of a scat back. Not really a guy that's going to get a ton of carries. They already have a scab back there from last year who was okay. He wasn't great. Um, and I just think Ronald Jones is going to be a guy that, like, Ronald Jones is going five picks earlier. If I have an opportunity at Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn, it's not even a question for me because Ronald Jones is going to score maybe 10 more touchdowns than Keyshawn Vaughn. It's just, yeah, like, Keyshawn Vaughn to me is just way overdrafted he is like i said he is the darrell henderson of this year's draft yeah i don't i don't really want either of them but i'll make a case at least for for Keyshawn vaughn you know based on we hit the nail on the head last year when everybody was drafting darrell henderson in the seventh eighth round they were they were jumping probably four picks or four rounds five rounds way too high on him because of all the talk about Gurley with his knees breaking down and everything and grant Gurley did not have the season that you know, we've seen before, he still was the guy back there, you know, Malcolm Brown, Henderson took a, a little bit of away from him, but the big thing with me and the reason that I would be much higher on Keyshawn Vaughn this year than I would, than I was last year on Henderson, which I wasn't high on him at all is you can't really compare Ronald Jones and Todd Gurley. You knew you were getting, you knew you were getting Todd Gurley who wasn't leaving the field unless he really wanted to. And I don't think they're sold at all on Ronald Jones. I mean, it's it's it, they've given this guy opportunities the last two years. He's had a few decent games. I think they are expecting their offense to be a juggernaut, you know, with with the goat Brady. I hate to say the goat, but the goat Brady, you know, the obviously the the best receiving core in football, and now Gronk. So I think that they they definitely are going to be moving the ball and scoring a lot of points and. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they know. I mean, that's probably why their ADPs are really close. I don't know if they know who they are going to pick, if they're going to lean towards one guy, if they're going to do a if they're going to do a uh, committee with them. I mean, I'm not going to draft any Tampa Bay running backs because I don't want to be, you know, sitting there. I would end up probably drafting the wrong one, take Ronald Jones, and then Keyshawn Vaughn does steal all the work away. I mean, it's just it, – you can't really evaluate him yet. The, we don't really know what we're getting out of this Tampa Bay offense except that the only thing we know is that Evans and Godwin are going to have a ton of targets. That's what we know for sure. Yep. All right, guys. So that pretty much wraps up the podcast for tonight. Uh, remember to check us out on the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com. We will be back Monday with another podcast. And until then, peace out, guys. Later. <laughs>